Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th and remember, we all flourish with joy. Welcome to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Visit joy.org.au to find out more about our Joycasts. Hi, I'm John Oliver, member number one. You're listening to Joy 94.9. Welcome to Being There, Done That on Joy 94.9. I'm Chris. I'm Gordon. And I'm Phil. Oh, the three Mouseketeers again. <laughs> we'll <laughs> be talking about a Mouseketeer today. Will we? Yes. Oh, good oh. That's well, an early little teaser. Oh, right oh, good. Oh. I'm confused, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> no, from Tennessee, I believe. Born oh. in 1981. Oh, something like that. Well, you've got me confused completely. Well, oops, I'll I've done have, it again. Do, oh, I'll yes. just have to listen and You're find out what it's You're a very confusing person, Philip. I yes. am. This is program number 832, and we've got a little bit of a special focus on the show today. And this coming weekend will be World AIDS Day, the 1st of December. And it will also be the anniversary of Joy going to air back in 1993. So for a lot of people who mightn't know the backstories, we thought we'd run through those. And because Gordon and myself have been around when the AIDS crisis started and when Joy started, we're probably in a fairly good position. And young Phil, well, you, you've you seen a lot of life as well. So um, I, I, was, I witnessed the beginning of Joy on Channel 10 News. How wonderful. Yes, it was in colour too. <laughs> <laughs> was, it, was anything ever in black and white? Oh, I remember those days. <laughs> right, so perhaps what we should have a talk about initially is the election from last weekend. What a surprise. Who won? <laughs> Stop it. Oh no, who's on first? Who's on, what's on second? Yes. yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who? One was a lays down Mazaire, wasn't it? Well, it was never supposed to be that, of course, because everybody, every paper was sort of saying it was going to be a, it, that the uh, the government would win. Yeah. But the uh, it was only going to be by a small margin that they would still be able to control the uh, lower house. It was totally surprising the result because nobody predicted it. There was not one pollster predicted that it would go like it did. A complete whitewash or a uh, an avalanche, so a demolition, did... whatever you want to call it. A yeah. Dan slide. Oh, well, thank you! What a little novel. Well, I, I stole that from Saturday night. But, <laughs> but where, where did where do they get their information? These pollsters, you see, do do people lie to pollsters, no, or do they not tell no, the truth? They're the select group which have. Uh, certainly a preformed opinion, hmm. but they keep going back to the same ones oh, right, rather than right. a fresh group of people all yeah. the time. I think also in the past a negative campaign and a scare campaign has traditionally won, and I think the voters are probably a little bit smarter this time around. 
if you look around, things are happening, things are being done. We're getting infrastructure and there's all sorts of stuff happening, which hasn't been the case for decades. Well, I, I've always hmm. said that from the Balti government back in the 1950s right through to the basically, oh, say a couple of elections ago, all governments were in the pockets of the car industry and the, and the RACV to build more roads, build more roads, build mm. more roads. Nothing to do with um, public transport. No, well, there's been a few people writing into the letters to the editor saying, I'm going to move to Victoria. Yes, I saw but that. A couple of them are actually from New South New Wales. South Wales. Mm. But New South Wales, you've got to remember the context. They've got a liberal state government, mm. but they are considered to be in the hands of developers, of financiers, of uh, other elements that... And the, we don't have here. And the right-wing conservatives, oh, which yes. are so, very, very strong oh, in sorry. New South Wales. How could I not remember them? <laughs> it's the right-wing conservatives, you know, and that's the problem with the, yeah. um, the, the with the governments these days. It's interesting you mentioned Henry Bolte because he was in power when I was a very young boy and I was confused because I'd see pictures of Frankenstein's monster <laughs> with bolts in his neck. <laughs> And they're always talking about Balti this and Balti that. And they're, Leave him alone, he's a monster. <laughs> yeah, but that's all they ever did in those days was build roads. Yeah. And now they're just parking lots when people try to get into town. It's just, just unbelievable. Build roads and the cars will come. Yeah, because the, where I live in, down in the Brighton, Brighton, I'm in Brighton, but I'm in the Brighton electorate. They had a big billboard up on the Nepean Highway with Mr. Guy saying it, it was the government that was causing all the confusion on the roads. You know, yeah. people all stuck in what, traffic. The government? that's removing level crossings yeah, yeah, and yeah, building yeah, the North yeah. East Link. Which I did think was a waste of time putting it up there, but never mind. Oh, yeah. Golly gosh. But on that subject, though, of rails and stuff, how's Skyrail going? Skyrail is lovely. But it was going to be the end of the earth. I know. What happened to those people who oh, complained? They, 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 were, they were on the television one night. I did see some people. I think it might have been old footage of the, the people running around holding up um, no sky rail, no mm. this, no that, no something else. I have a lady that lives not far from you, Chris, and um, she was totally against the sky rail. I haven't heard a thing about it since it's been put no, in. Well, haven't heard a thing about it. In my particular suburb, those that were perceived to be affected and were directly on backing onto the railway line mm. were made offers, and most of them accepted it, mm. and they've moved out. Yeah, and people have moved in. They've got a very good house. Yeah. <laughs> Did precisely. this guy come to the door and saying? I've got an offer that you can't refuse. Well, exactly. <laughs> and then they're never seen again. And No, but that was it. And it's the Level Crossing Authority who bought the houses mm. and they're going to put them back on the market progressively in 12 months' time, 18 months' time, when all the fuss and dust is gone because it's now a wonderful linear park. Mm. You know, you have Lord Mayors of Melbourne saying, oh, we want to do Sky High or whatever they call it, like in New York. Well, We've got Linear Park and mm. Railway Line yep, here the, in Melbourne already. But, but that's what they should be building um, from here to Tullamarine. They should be building a, a sky rail all the way down the middle of the freeway. Yep. That's what to do. do oh, that. but no, we're going to put future lanes there. Oh, are we? We'll widen it to 27 lanes. <laughs> oh, so they'll be out upstairs and back yeah. in. No, no, we need a monorail to the airport. <laughs> yes, Homer. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, Sydney got rid of their monster rail. Yeah, but they put another one in, haven't they? No, Aren't no, they no, putting another one in? No. They got light rail. A light rail, is it? And the, their airport Which train is already running. Yes, I've, I've ridden the train from the airport to the, to, um, the Sydney Circular Quay. Mm. The light rail is actually a tram. 
Oh, is that what it is? No, yeah. no, 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 no. They're not. It's it's different. It's like San Jose. They've got a light rail. Oh, yeah. Trams run on it, but it's a light rail. <laughs> <laughs> We've got one of them that goes through Albert Park. Yeah. A light rail. Mm, that's what it's called. Yeah. Oh, number ninety six. Yeah. The number ninety six tram is a light rail. That's right. Mm. One of the casual, well, many of the casualties are not only the uh, Liberal Party but the Greens, who well, seem to have lost their way as well. well. They, they were they were beset by a lot of scandals. Though they had some very mm. very unfortunate p- things that happened to some of the people that yeah. they had. Pre- uh, pre- selected to be in the seats. Yeah, and I think since Bob Brown went, they have actually lost their focus or lost their reasons because the Labor and Liberal parties have actually started to occupy the ground and pick up the ideas that the Greens were doing. Well, the Greens were way ahead of their time in conservation and clean power and all those sort of things. But now they're everyday issues. Yeah, but the main ground has now been occupied by the Labor Party in Victoria and the others are just on the extremities. The the thing that we're going to have to watch is for next year's federal election because they figure that the... um, what happened in Victoria for this election will actually happen in the seats that are held by the Liberal Party in Victoria. There's a whole list of um, seats that are going to be in real danger if the whole thing is replicated. In and that's really bad news because the federal government's spending all its time and money trying to get votes in northern Queensland. That's right. Yeah, Because <laughs> those uh, seats are on yeah. an edge. And they said that if they if they lose the seat, these seats in Victoria, the, the, um, the Labor Party, the Labor Party will be the federal government. As it so, should be. But uh, see, I, I live in a what was considered at the time a very safe seat of Brighton. And I did not, for the whole election, I did not get one piece of election material in my letterbox from oh. any party. Oh, well, I got a few one. phone calls, phone messages left on my fax machine oh, did number because mm. I've, I've given up using it, the phone as a proper phone. <laughs> it's only for co- yeah. Well, I can't use my fax machine because my <laughs> my printer is connected to the whole thing with the NBN, and it's just just hopeless. But, uh, the younger audience would be asking themselves, "What's a fax, fax machine?" machine. Yeah. Well, you get the fax man. You get well, the fax. It's, it's a technology that has passed on. Yes, that's right. So Something's after our little music break, we'll be uh, going on to our next topic of World AIDS Day and the joy anniversary and uh, we'll continue that in later parts of our program with the results of PrEP trials, the trials of pre-exposure to prophylaxis, yes. (laughs) Sorry about Mm. that, yeah. Mm. Uh, And uh, we've got some special birthdays and one of the birthdays coming up will be that of, well, Brittany and Bette and Freddie Mercury, his passing day. You're on Joy. Been there, done that, Gordon, Phil and Chris. You can find more Joycasts and show blogs. Go to joy.org.au. Bringing a little joy to your life. Joy 94.9. You're with Chris, Phil and Gordon. Been there, done that on Joy 94.9. We would like to shake up our memories and remind the listener of how a couple of events that affected our lives, that has affected and does affect our lives at the moment, came into being. And we think we should start off with events that happened in the life of Australia and the world back in the early 1980s. I know it's a long time ago, but you've got to remember that uh, the gay communities had a life here in Australia. In 1979, 
the Sydney Gay and Lesbian Mardi Gras evolved into a loud and proud platform after confrontation with police. And uh, in 1980, uh, Victoria decriminalised male acts of homosexuality and um, the common age of consent is set at 18 years of age. I think before that, there was a little bit of equality left, right and centre. The boys could do things, but the girls couldn't. That's right. Yes, that is exactly (laughs) right. Yes. But in 1982, (laughs) Australia seized the first reported case of HIV AIDS in Sydney in October of 1982. An American tourist was so diagnosed. But the first Australian citizen was diagnosed with AIDS in Melbourne in April 83, and the first death from AIDS occurred in Melbourne in July 83. Now, that's not very long between April and July. No. And, it, it, and that's how the disease seemed to develop, mainly because we didn't know we had it until it was too late. Yes, well, a friend of mine, I was working down at the Palais Theatre, and he was one of the ushers there. He was quite well one week we were working down there, and I didn't see him for a few weeks. And I said, what happened to him? And they said, oh, he died. Apparently, he was gone within three weeks. Wow. You know, just no, didn't know what happened. Well, because people were getting a form of pneumonia. Pneumocystitis, yeah. And they were getting a form of skin cancer, Carposi sarcoma. And that was a purple spot that appeared yeah, out and, of nowhere. And it was an indication that the body's defences were completely knocked out. And basically the body was rotting away. Hmm. It was so horrible. We didn't know what was causing it how to defend ourselves, or anything like that. But the Australian government made Australia one of the leaders in the world for helping to control the outbreak and the epidemic because they had two doctors. They had Dr. Blewett in the Labor Party and they had Dr. Perrett or Perrett or something rather was in the Liberal Party and they had a bipartisan arrangement that they would fight this thing and not let it get out of hand. And um, they decided that they would then give the money to fight it to the people that were fighting it. And that's why they didn't give any money to any government agencies. They gave it straight to like to the Victorian AIDS Council and to the ACON in Sydney. And fight. because those organisations had come up from grassroots level. They were the ones that knew they, what was happening. Yeah. They were the support organisations. They were caring. And I know that my medico at the time, he said, we don't know what it is, but just Keep yourself healthy. Take all your inoculations, your vaccinations, or whatever you can. Don't let yourself get run down. It was a while before they discovered it was sexually transmitted, mm. and that was the problem. Once they found out it was a sexually transmitted disease, they could then sort of start promoting condom use to try to stop the spread of it. Yeah. Um, well, they weren't allowed to show condom ads on TV until 1986. That's right. And even then it was late at night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, that, but see, the trouble was it was not just sexually transmitted. It was, blood. at that time, it was confined to the gay community. It was seen as a gay disease. Mm, yeah, well, it was called GRID to start with, gay-related immune deficiencies or something, rather GRID. And then they finished up, it was, um, HIV was human. Immunodeficiency <laughs> virus. Viral, yeah. Yes, and, um, <coughs> and, and it was not until the French discovered where it was from. But can you imagine that all you've got are symptoms mm. and they're spreading at a, Definitely right. Increasingly (laughs) fast rate. Mm. And 
until the French came along and said, well, you know, we think this is why. Yeah, and they beat the Americans to it by about six weeks and the Americans hated it, but they did decide that they would do it as a as a joint foundation, you know, the well, joint the, discovery. Mm. The, the medical society or the medical community is a lot like the high-level computer community. Mm. They share information. Yeah. So one man might get credit for the discovery but he publishes it yep. and people can use that and they can oh, yeah, discover yeah. further things. If mm. that hadn't have happened, we'd still have a crisis at the same rate today. Oh, but they, they would have eventually found it because they were working so hard to find something because it was just decimating. Well, it was a crisis. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Well, within six years, by 1988, uh, Australia had 1,000 AIDS cases mm-hmm. with 500 deaths since the first diagnosis. And the first annual World AIDS Day is held in 1988 to focus attention on fighting the disease. It was held on the 1st of December 1988 with the theme, A World United Against AIDS. Mm. And there's been a Memorial Quilt Day is sort of celebrated on the same thing because people needed to celebrate the lives of those who were dying of AIDS. And so many people felt that a quilt wear a name and colours and icons and and something representing that person was celebrated. Well, it was shown in public because you can't show tombstones. That's right. Well, you the, can't collect them all together and say, look how many. The, that's the point because because a tombstone is a separate solitary thing usually in a, in a cemetery hmm. where with, with the 12 feet by 12 feet, which is just over three and a half metres or something or other, and I can't remember what it is converts to, each each square was the same size and they each had um, four panels to the mm. top and four to the bottom. There's eight, eight panels on each. I used to work with the quilt project and um, it was it's a very oh sad thing to see it when it's all laid out. It's yeah, very it sad be. to see that the, the amount of people, the wonderful people that passed away because of the disease. But one of the one of the things that that got up everybody's noses was the one of the first posters that they brought out was uh, when you say yes um, campaign with a fabulous two boys kissing poster that yeah. caused absolute absolute riots almost in well, Brisbane. Brisbane just about went totally berserk because there's this they were plastered on the bus stops. Yeah, well, two boys kissing was the first thing, but the the message was when you say yes, say yes to safe sex Mm, mm. and how dare you promote sex Mm, mm. homosexual sex how dare you that's right this was the strategy to get the message out to all members of the community Mm. and there was discussions left right and center on tv about the extent of the disease that spread and everything and now we've got prep as a a counteractive to all that but we're finding that the gay community is well informed but there are so many people in the regular community who don't know the messages of being of safe sex and of pre- preventable but but but, disease. You, but one of the things that did happen too in the um, back in the 80s was the Victorian AIDS Council signed a contract with the Royal District Nursing Service which was an absolute wonderful thing to do because they would be able to go and visit men in the homes and the RDNS was just a, a superb thing. They no longer call the RDNS Royal District Nursing Service. They're called something else. They were absolutely wonderful and mostly women and the and lots of lesbians, of course. And none of those contracted AIDS. No, they didn't. No. Because they'd learnt that it was spread by blood 
or bodily fluids, fluids. I think they yeah, expressed yeah. it. They always wore rubber gloves. And that's why even now dentists have actually come up to speed and they wear rubber gloves all the time. Mm. It was, okay, we're not sure whether it comes through saliva or not, but actually putting rubber gloves on and being careful what we do in your mouth with, uh, with uh, reused instruments is all part of the, the improvement of our health strategies through medicine and everything. That's right. It, 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 the, the whole of the um, medical profession changed in, in relation to the disease, to how to handle all sorts of other diseases as well, just not mm. only AIDS. It was, um, it was amazing how it uh, transformed a lot of people in a lot of places. Mm. Well, in the same time frame, 1990, The Boys Kissing, that's when John Oliver and a member number one here at Joy, who felt that our community was not getting adequate and appropriate education or exposure to the general public. And in 1992, on World AIDS Day, he fought for and got a two-hour program on another Melbourne community radio station and got a good response from the listeners to that. But it just showed that the community, which already had uh, midsummer by that stage, needed to have its own voice and he set up with a few people and got joy off the ground didn't he originally um, want to make sure that the people that were in fairfield house had something for their own well of that their was own. part of the deal mm-hmm. that aids was around and yes uh, now cut off, the, the people in the hospitals were cut off from their family and their community mm. and this was a way of re-including them that's right, yeah. yeah. And the radio got into corners where people were scared to go. And you could listen to the radio without outing yourself if you were so inclined as well, mm. which was another thing. Mm. So on the, the 8th of February 1993, John Oliver sent off an application to the Australian Broadcasting Authority, now known as ACMA, and uh, sought a licence for a community radio station and uh, that particular uh, license came through so that on World AIDS Day 1993 the same year only 10 months later we went to air well, it, was it on, easy to get a license in those days than what it, it is now it was a little bit easier but it was certainly you had to go through oh, the hoops yeah. of justifying a need and having the ability to broadcast and meet the ABA regulations. Mm. And John and his team did all that. They went to air on Wednesday, the 1st of December, and then came back on the f- subsequent weekend, Saturday and Sunday, for 22 24-hour continuous sessions. So uh, we really made our mark at that point. We had items on the TV. We had press reports of this gay radio station going to air. And John and the team got it all happening. I think at the time, Chris, we were the only gay radio station in the world, weren't we? The only full full gay thing because the others came in after us. Well, for a lot of time, we were only part-time radio as well. It was not until we got onto 94.9 that we actually got continuous full-time license Mm. to broadcast. Yeah. And the battle to get that license was pretty horrific as well, but we made it, luckily. We had some very intelligent people that were that did the presentation at the final presentation, which sort of got us the um, the license. Yeah. At, the, at the town hall, yep. Melbourne Town Hall. Yep. Yep. But we had 
a wonderful and huge uh, submission, papers galore. We had seen the errors that the Sydney gay radio stations had made and we made sure we didn't do that because they went about six months before us in their application and they didn't get a license. Ah. So we learned from their mistakes Hmm. and we just loaded our, our application with evidence, support from government support from our own listeners uh, the fact that we've been successfully running already um, for so many years Mm. and lo and behold were you there at the presentation i was at the town hall yes oh right right must have been must have been must have been exciting it was it was very exciting and i I could imagine the look on john oliver's face when it was come when it came through too he would have been so proud and so so good about it yeah but that's the that's the thing when you have people that really want to do something um, and go ahead and do it, and, and it's uh, it's all through John Oliver and, and there was a team, there was a team, team. Yeah, 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 because they had to set up the legal authority, get the business organised, uh, registered. We had to get bank accounts. We had to get legal authority to sign up for yeah. the license. All oh, right, all these things. So, yeah. uh, it was interesting. <laughs> it must have been very interesting. Interesting part exactly. of our history. Britney Spears. Having a birthday on the 2nd of December. She was born in 1981, although we don't mention uh, women's ages. But she was a mouseketeer as well. Love Radio? Joy is now on iHeartRadio. Turn us on anywhere. You're with Gordon, Phil and Chris. Been there, done that. Joy 94.9. Thanks for being with us. Uh, We've talked about HIV in Australia and we've talked about the rise of Joy from his first broadcast on the 1st of December 1993 to where we are today, close on the 25th birthday. Mm, well, happy, we don't happy say birthday birth- to us. We, we don't actually say birthday because it's not a human. We didn't anniversary. Get, we say anniversary. That's yes, correct. Yes, That's yes. correct. Yes. Uh, so we're <laughs> rocking on, but in in one way, the reason that Joy was created to be a support in the middle of this terrible disease uh, is starting to fade away in the gay community, and that's because of prep. Yes, um, but there's still a lot of people are still. I was listening to a conversation on the ABC during the week, and they were saying that the um, there there are still infections going on, even though they have prep, and they are a bit bit worried about some of them. I think they were talking mainly about Sydney, and they weren't um, talking about any other state. I'm pretty sure it was coming from Sydney, and they were a bit worried about it that that younger people are not um, aware of what went on in the old days so they've haven't got that warning built into them mm. Mm. and uh yeah and we can't afford to be complacent we need to educate yeah i don't know if it's before puberty or after but before it's too late mm. because the disease can come back preps only available to those who know about it and it suppresses 
and it's not transmissible if your levels are right down at the undetectable level, but it is still sitting in your body ready to flare up again and do damages not only to your, your giblets, but to your brain and other parts of the body. Yeah, the best best part about it is, though, Australia are giving prep out on the um, uh, yeah, PBS. PBS scheme. And we're the only benefits. We're the only country in the world, I think, that is doing it. Mm. And uh, so that there should be a um, start to be a downfall when everybody sort of gets to know about prep, yeah. you know, especially amongst the younger people, uh, which is which is what they should be now concentrating on because older people understand what's yeah. going on. So PrEP is actually the pre-exposure prophylaxis. Hmm. And uh, it's a pill that can be taken daily or on demand by an HIV-negative person and it prevents the transmission of HIV. And if, in fact, you, uh, it suppresses if you've got... um, If you have HIV, it suppresses it as well. Well, you've got Hmm. other medications that Hmm. can suppress Hmm. your Hmm. levels down to undetectable. So that means that... Uh, if you are undetectable and you have, uh, and you're HIV negative, and you have sex with a person who was previously classified as HIV positive, but they're on a medical regime, they're undetectable and untransmittable, transmissible. Hmm. So, you, 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 both parties are safe again. But just, but they still but, also recommend that you still wear a condom. Exactly, exactly. Hmm. It's not the be all and end all of everything well, it's an old saying but it's better to be safe than be sorry yeah. it is it well, is because a friend of mine in Amer- in england he's um i was talking to him and um i said how are you going he said oh he said it's wonderful this um, new drugs that we've got because now now my um blood is totally undetectable for uh, the the virus mm, he said mm. it's completely gone Well, in WA, a recent report came out saying that new HIV cases in WA have hit a 10-year low, and that's being replicated in the rest of Australia, but there are still cases being recorded. But the thing is that it is communities of ignorance, of denial, of people who don't consider what they're doing as being dangerous because they're not part of the the gay community and they might have male to male sex mm. um, and we don't seem to have a problem uh, with transmission through drug users they're not saying that anymore and that might be because of the the free mm. uh, I think syringe that, exchange i think that, that one of the main diseases that are doing going, going by syringes these days is hepatitis c mm. i think that's the one that they're worried about with with drug needle, yep. needle exchanges and that mm. but okay. but the uh but the and in, i was going to say apart from wa <coughs> and the rest of australia the, they're also falling in the uk incredible they have basically halved their infection rate well that's that's um, but in there there's still a, a, a huge number of people if everybody's taking this prep the uh, in a generation it should wipe out the disease completely mm. as long as people are taking it. but then you, then you get countries like america where it costs a fortune to go on to prep yeah it's not going to kill it over in in america so you're still going to have to be very careful if you're traveling of and, what you do and one part of the thing is that those that are not on any medication at all have got to be t- kept testing well, every the, month. Well, how long ago was it that they reported there were a lot of older men yeah. were testing, were, were coming in with, with sicknesses and they would say, okay, look, we're just going to have to do this test. And they would find that they had um, 
been converted from they had HIV for years and it now had converted to mm. full blown AIDS. You know. Yeah. Well, in the UK at the moment, Courtney Act. Now Courtney's an Australian She's, or New Zealand star, I believe. Yes, that's right. Drag star. She's gone on promoting. They've got a national HIV testing week, and the the headline here is. Courtney Act gives HIV the finger. That'd be Courtney. Yeah, so <laughs> that you go and get your finger prick mm. or a no, give another blood sample mm. and you get that tested and that's the routine that you've got to do. And even Prince Harry, the Duke of Sussex, now that we must call him, he says, by getting tested, you are helping stop the HIV epidemic in its tracks. You are helping to save lives. And uh, he's a um, great supporter of the Terence Higgins Trust in UK, which is uh, the equivalent of Sydney's Bobby Goldsmith. And I don't know that we've got a particular person who's been nominated as the figurehead for um, campaigns here. The VAC has now re- renamed themselves as Thorn Harbour. And who are those people? Well, Alison Thorne was one of the, and, and Keith Harbour were the two people that got the Victorian AIDS Council going. So, but it wasn't called that they, they didn't know what to call it, but they finished up the Victorian AIDS Council when yeah. they started it. Yeah, so you know, once again, that is part of the, the strategy that we're talking about hmm. uh, prep and getting yourself tested and condoms. One thing about Harry, he's continuing his mother's work. Oh, definitely, you is know, too. She was, she was very into the looking after people with HIV and AIDS. Yeah, and she showed that you could hug them. Yes, that's right. Once she hugged one person, the whole thing changed. Yeah, that that was the... You talk about a picture telling a thousand stories. Mm. There were a million stories or in that creating Or creating a new um, thing was, was, was that one hug, yeah. Yeah. But it's a... It's uh, I was I'm actually reading a book at the moment that goes back to those days when it was first starting, and oh. it, it's it's a very interesting. It's a life story. It's a biography by by a um, the the author is writing his his life story, and yeah, interesting. Have you heard of a little country called San Marino? No, it sounds like a town in California. <laughs> oh well, I could stand everything up no, there. No, it's a. One of it's these a, little... Um, it's a principality. Si- principality, I was going to say city-states. No, yeah, it's a principality. Um, and, well, from the... It's Saint Marino. It's in it's Italy. Italian. It's, mm. it's Italian, mm. yes. Mm. But they have just... They've, they haven't got a huge organisation because they're not a, a, a huge country, but they've got a population which is suffering a bit. They're not part of Italy and they're never going to be. But they've taken steps recently to recognise civil unions for same-sex couples. Yeah, they reckon they might be backwards in other ways and not particularly well developed. But uh, they they have actually passed the bill legalising civil unions. San Marino is a little bit like Monaco. Yeah, but not quite as wealthy. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't have all the doesn't uh, have the, the gambling and casinos. Yeah, <laughs> and tax haven. Mm. Uh, but their civil union definition says is a contract stipulated by two legal al- adults of the same sex or of opposite sex in order to organise their life together as a couple. That's fair enough. Yeah. It's not quite the same as marriage. No. And we always said that that was the problem with civil unions. There's so many other rules and regulations already written up with a definition or, or a situation where the word marriage is used to describe the, 
the relationship situation that we had to use the same word. Yeah, well, they had civil unions in the UK before gay marriage. That's right. And a lot of people, like Elton John, had a civil That's right. union with David Furness. And then, they and then when they could, they married. Mm-hmm. That's so right. So just to remove any doubt or legal doubts, I yeah, guess. Yeah, well, it was the same here in Australia with... Um, um, Dr. Karen Phelps and her partner, yeah. they, they got married in New York years ago and they had a hell of a time with um, trying to get it recognised here in Australia, which they wouldn't, couldn't do. No. So when they, um, when they finished up passing the um, equal marriage bill, they got married again. Mm. Good on them. Someone who's having a birthday round about this time on the 1st of December 1945, World AIDS Day, uh, it's Bette Midler the U.S. singer, actor, philanthropist and everything. Now, why is she held up, apart from being just flamboyant and so camp and so over the top, how did she come to our attention? Because she used to sing in the gay saunas and nightclub and, and party in there. And she, she, she and um, who, was a, who was a pianist? It was the fellow with the big nose. Oh, the... Um, Barry, Barry Manilow. Manilow. Yes. yes, yes. Whose fans are called Manilows. Yes, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> and and um, that, that's where Bette made her name, actually, amongst the gay community, singing. And in. shock horror, yeah, many years later, Mr. Manilow came out as gay. Isn't it amazing? I always assumed he was already I was, out. <laughs> I did too. <laughs> Never assumed he was in. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always a flop at a top-notch affair, but I still got my health, so what do I care? Is a glass solitaire, but I still got my help, so what do I care? You can find more Joycasts and show blogs. Go to joy.org.au. Yes, and you're with Phil, who's got, just come back from going outside for, for a big cough, and Chris, who needs to go outside for a big cough. And Gordon? I don't need a cough. When we've done the show, you, <laughs> you can cough. cough. Yeah, you, you can go home. Too. <laughs> <laughs> that too. <laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. Uh, yes, so that was uh, we, we, the, the birthdays we'd want to mention today uh, were Britney, Smear, Britney Spears yeah. and Bette Midler. And also one person we've been talking about lately, too. We've had a previous program. Previous programs, yeah, yeah. Matthew Shepard. Now, he was born on the 1st of December 1976, mm. and he was the U.S. victim of crime mm. and uh, died on the 12th of October 1998. Uh, a real, when I said a victim of crime, a cri- the crime was of homophobia. Well, it was a hate crime. And it was a hate crime indeed. But someone else who uh, died round about this time, on the 24th of November 1999, was another flamboyant person. I guess flamboyant would cover him <laughs> pretty, pretty well, wouldn't it? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I know we use flamboyant quite a bit in our community, but... but uh, this guy was very, very good. Very, very good. OTT? Yeah, yeah. Over the top? Over the top. But that doesn't matter because his songs were great. But he, he was also, when he wasn't over the top, he was reclusive. Mm, mm. And that happens to be the same for a lot of people who have got, a, they're very outgoing, but they have their private That's life right. as they, well. They don't, they're not outgoing all the time. We might mention Freddie Mercury's name. We, Why? Might we? Why? <laughs> I thought people would have picked up on that already. Yes. Well, <laughs> the, the band has been in the news a bit lately with the 
the film being released. That's right. Bohemian Rhapsody. In the, the biopic. The biopic. And the, well, I guess the television shows really have just been cashing in on the, oh, <laughs> the movie that's, release. That, that's what they usually do. But they've do. had a lot of coverage lately. Yeah, but, but, but another bit of interesting news in the um, papers or the is concerns VFL or AFL football, which is um, something you don't expect to hear or see. Why? Of course, it's it's our national, well, our, our state religion. Well, yes, almost. Like well, that. recently they left the door open and they had a draft. Did, uh, did oh they? no! Oh. And they were drafting players from left, right, and centre. And were were they closet doors? Maybe. Oh, I don't think so. So what this, happened? Phil? Well, there's one boy who was on. I was just watching the news the other night. And he's been drafted by Richmond, and he just stood up and he said, I'd like to thank my two mums for bringing me up. Yeah, it was lovely, wasn't it? It was just it perfectly was just natural. So out of the out of left field, you just yeah, didn't yeah. expect it, you know, and he just said, I'd like to thank my two mums for bringing me up, and I thought, and well, he, good on you, lad. And yeah. he was so natural and relaxed. Yeah, and he did, well, yeah. he's probably, through his school years, had to explain this circumstance quite a few times, and the community around him... He sorted out those who don't like him and those who can cope. And he was, you know, a reality. Oh, now we've got to cope with this boy's, this guy just saying he's got two mothers. Well, And, oh, okay, I'm all right with that. So wider and wider the, the ripples on the pond are going. That's right. Of the ripples of acceptance. But the thing is that you see you've got the, um, the women's AFL um, where they had the, I think the captain of uh, the South Australian side, the Adelaide side, she and her um, partner were at the um, awards nights, and and um, when she won the award, when the football player won the award, the the wife was there, and she, they had a big kiss in the middle of the auditorium yeah. of the, the thing, and, and the sky didn't fall. The sky, the sky never falls, does it? Yeah. No. But we've recently had our gaby babies in the press. Yeah. Just. Perfectly normal young people have been brought up by gay couples, and the, and the research has shown that people that the, the children brought up by gay parents, gay and lesbian parents or whatever, are just as normal and probably even further advanced than normal children. They're better adjusted. They're better adjusted. Let than me that. guess: that research was not done by the church. Well, uh, certainly not by a Christian <laughs> lobby. <laughs> Oh, no, dear, I, don't, oh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't really but think But our so. own Tom, who does Thursday breakfast, yeah. has adult children. That's right, yeah. yeah. I would. And he's relatively normal. Your <laughs> 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 children haven't driven him nuts. No, well, they may have, but he doesn't show it. <laughs> but uh, no, but th- th- there's nothing, you know, there are so many people, so many children being brought up by same-sex families these days. You take no notice of it if you're walking down the street and you see two men walking along with a couple of children and or two women walking along with their children. It doesn't take you don't take no notice of it. It's just normal. Good luck, Dawn. It is. It's beautiful. I, I was coming through the station this morning, and there was a obviously a a day trip and a bunch of I'd say kinder grade kids, very little, all with their safety hats and everything oh, on, right, yeah. walking through like ducklings yeah. between these two adults. And I'm thinking, I could never do that job because those kids, <laughs> half a second, they'd be off in ten different directions. Yeah. Oh, well, I don't think so. 
when they're with school, when they're in school, they're pretty well under control, and mm. they and they understand where they are and what they have to do because they would have been told before, before they went yeah. that if you do anything wrong, you know, boom, boom, you get lost. Yeah, you won't. You'll have not only me, but you'll have your oldies after you and yeah. the police. Blah blah blah. Yes, that's right. But somebody but the might. police are our friends. Yeah, yes. we were always threatened as kids with the police. <laughs> I think we were misbehaving a lot. You, and I, I was one of five kids, so mum actually oh. said, look, I'll call the sergeant, he'll come and get you. <laughs> I think it might be about time for us to pack up this yeah, little shop so. and go, yes, 1st of December. World AIDS Day, happy birthday, Joy, happy anniversary, Joy, 25 yeah. years. Birthdays for Bette Midler and Matthew Shepard and Britney Spears on the 2nd, on the 2nd of December. So there you are. We'll be back next week with some more interesting, hopefully, Topics. All I'll right. go and scout around I'm sure and see what we can find. I'm sure we'll find something in the world of gayness. If not, happens. we'll just yabber on anyway. We'll, we'll just yabber on. Yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll make something up. Yeah. <laughs> well, the piece of music we're going to go out with, of course, is from Freddie Mercury, the, Killer Queen. Oh, well, he was, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> on so many levels. Indeed. Cheers for now. Bye for now. Bye. She keeps them always in a pretty cabinet Let them eat cake, she says Just like Marie Antoinette A building remedy For Chris Job and Kennedy And it's an imitation You can't take Caviar and cigarettes Well-versed in etiquette Extraordinarily nice She's a killer queen Got body genetine Dynamite with a laser beam this Joycast is a free service brought to you by Joy 94.9. Support Joy 94.9 by becoming a member at joy.org.au. Uplifting, informing, empowering. Joy 94.9. This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy. Joy.